everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Reaction Therapy Podcast. I am your resident psychotherapist, Tom Stevens, here with Nick Stevens for Sir. a real treat. Nick, today we get to talk to an artist we have been waiting been months dying to, to talk man. to. Months. And I can't believe it's actually happening. It's happening. You know what they say? You have fall, winter, spring, seasons change. We got season <laughs> on tap today. Seasons change, but he doesn't. He's the same Crazy, fire, awesome oh, artist. Line I can't of, wait. Line one of his songs, by the way. Do what? That was a line of one of his songs. That's right. I studied a little bit of him. <laughs> I know that. I know his grandma wouldn't like some of the lyrics, too. Oh my gosh. But I can't wait. I'm pumped about this. I cannot wait to hear just who he is, what he's all about. You, you know what we're really curious about, too, which everybody Obviously. probably asked him about is... Juice World. Yeah. Hide, my favorite Juice World song, honestly because of those lyrics and how sweet they are about relationship. But how much of that is him versus all the rest? Just there's so many questions. we got yeah. tons. I can't wait to get into it. I'm pumped, man. This is going to be a great day. It's going to be fun. Season is a fun guy. If you've I've, you know, searched him up on Instagram, Chill. Just, just watching some of his videos that he posted on Instagram, it seems like yeah. a really cool laid back guy. So I'm excited to talk to him today. I can't wait. Okay. You want to just get into it? Hey, guys, before I press the transition button to go over to Season, as he is probably waiting for us right now, um, I do want to tell you all, if you want to see um, an extra episode of this, it will be available oh, yes. for you. Uh, they come out Monday after the podcast is premiered. So all of these podcasts we do are premiered on Friday evenings usually. And then on the following Monday, there is about a 10-minute usually clip from the podcast that we clipped out of this one that you extra. will not see that is extra that will be for our members of YouTube and Patreon. So if you are interested in seeing a little 10 minute extra clip of season of the interview we have, please go over there and consider joining Patreon or our YouTube members. Yeah, that is a real good treat because it is a, another piece of the interview that nobody else gets to see other than the members. And it's a yeah. little snippet. Majority goes to everybody, but that little snippet does, and it's a cool way to support the channel, just like joining this Reaction Therapy Podcast channel, subscribing to it, and uh, just please like this video, comment on this video. That would help. Dude, totally. Subscribe to the channel, the podcast channel, if you haven't already. We're getting closer and closer to that 1,000 subscribers mark that we were trying to get to. Anything else you want to say? No? Okay. Without further ado, we have a season. Season, thank you so much for taking the time to be here. Like, this is a super big treat for us. We appreciate you being on the Reaction Therapy Podcast. Yeah, definitely. Nice to meet you guys, like I said before, and I'm happy to be here. All right. So I want to ask to start things off. Uh, when did you start as a um, musician, artist, whatever you want to call it? Let's go back to the beginning. Yeah. How long ago was it? Um. Damn, I started when I was 15 years old, and I like I like I said before, I started off making beats, and that was like my first love and passion. Uh, one of my friends that I used to be in a group with, he had this program called FL Studio that's pretty popular now that almost everybody uses, and I just started off making beats, and you know I kind of could sing a little bit, so I was like, you know what, I'm gonna just start rapping over my own shit. So um, I started realizing like, you know what, I actually can possibly put some of this music out. Like I started gaining more faith in like my sound and everything, and uh, I pretty much got in a group initially. Our group was called Dim Dudes, 
And this is around the time that everybody was like, them boys, those guys. Uh, <laughs> it was just like a thing going on. And this this was around the time like jerking was popular. I'm not sure if y'all familiar with that era, but it was jerking. It was a lot of dance. This is before TikTok and everything. But um, yeah, got in that group. And then we eventually started to cross over to more serious sounding music. And uh, it was a lot of R&B, I guess, real hip hop, you would say. Um, just a lot of melodic sounds and everything. And even if you go back, like I tell people nowadays, just go back and listen to some of those records, uh, those Dem Dudes records. Like, it's a lot of good music that I was making back then. And, you know, eventually over time, um, you know, I, I started to grow as my own artist. And the group kind of like went our separate ways. Like, we're all still friends to this day, but uh, we just went our separate ways and then, I eventually changed my name to Season. And um, I guess around that time, I was trying to figure out who I wanted to be as an artist, you know, just leaving the group and everything. And mm -hmm. it's crazy. In the beginning of me becoming an artist, I had, um, I that's that's when I got signed to Juice World. So that's, it's crazy. So, wow. Yeah. yeah. That's like, everything happening at once but you it happened too fast it happened too fast like I, I didn't even get a chance to really be seasoned before i even got signed like i was literally right. becoming my own artist and then all of a sudden i got swooped up so that was, was what crazy. i was wondering like how did i've got two questions number one when did you know that you had it like when did you know you were you were an artist and you could really do this and number two is why season um well, when I knew I had it, it was it was around the time I was back in the group. Like everybody used to okay. say when I used to play music for them, they used to be like, "Well, you guys sound like you signed." Because I'm I'm from a small city, so like talent is at a minimum. Not now. Cincinnati right now has a lot of talent, but back then when I when I was starting out, it was at a minimum. So like when people used to hear it, they used to look at me like, "Yo, you guys not signed yet? Like this <laughs> this this sounds too crazy for you to just be <laughs> just living regular life." So like. After keep hearing that over and over from so many people, I'm like, well, shit, maybe I do got it, you know. And um, I, I kind of just kind of carried that that burden of just having it, you know. Like even um, I like to say too, uh, I I played football most of my life, mm -hmm. and I was supposed to like be the next person in football. Like in my whole household, my family, everybody knew I was great at football. Yeah, and uh, that was something I was really passionate about. Like I had scholarships and everything to go to school for it. And uh, I end up choosing music over football. And that's that's a whole another crazy story in itself with that situation. But um, no kidding. Yeah, How do I... you make that choice? Um, it wasn't it wasn't easy. It definitely wasn't easy. Uh, it was a it was a local label in my city, and they had took interest to to my group, and they already had like two other artists that was popping around the city. So like when I told my group that they wanted to sign us, they was like, "Holy shit! Like yes, let's do it!" Like. So, um, and this was, this was when I was in this, like I said, this is before all before the juice world situation. Um, this was when I was going into my senior year of school. So the label had took me and my group and our parents to dinner. I remember this like it was yesterday. They took us to dinner and they pretty much told our parents like, yo, we want to sign, we want to sign your kids. And my mom was on board because my mom was like, shit, I mean, <laughs> if there's money involved, I'm with it because I knew my boy going to do something. My dad was more so like, I don't know, football and stuff. And they parents was kind of iffy too as well. And 
you know, like, and I was around that time, I was still going on college visits. It was, it was crazy. It was definitely crazy. And then yeah, because you know, you've got colleges saying the same thing. Like, we want to sign you. Yeah. We want to have you. And you've got a label. Right? Yeah. Got, oh, wow. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I kind of weighed out my eyes. Like, which both chances are, like, in the, in the smallest percent of making it in, whether it's the NFL or whether it's making it in music. And I'm like, well, shit, I can go to school and tear my ACL my freshman year and be out and regret. So I was just – I was – thinking about those and I'm like well maybe I can still go to school and make music but the schools that wanted me were out of the city it was just yeah. a lot of decisions I had to make and then eventually mm -hmm. uh my parents I kind of just left it up to me like I was 18 and they was like I think you old enough to make your own decisions what you want to do with your life wow. and, yeah that's something now why season how did you land on that name so uh it, it originated from um being heavily inspired by Kanye. And that was when I was a producer. Well, not when I, but I'm still a producer. But like a lot of my production is heavily influenced by Kanye. You can hear more of it back during my Dem Dudes days. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Yeezy season. And I was just like, how could I kind of play with those words? And then on top of that, another reason why I thought it makes sense, because around the time when I was trying to decide whether I wanted to be seasoned or not, I'm like, well, seasons change. You know what I mean? And I always feel like my music is just so diverse. Like I'm, I rap, I can sing, I make beats. I like to do all styles of music and I just don't like put myself in a box. So it's like, I constantly change like the season. So it's like a play on words as well. That's pretty cool. And that was a lyric. I remember I wrote it down in one of your songs in a few ways. Seasons yep. change, but I'm going to stay the same. I love that lyric. Yep. I got to come to that later. I don't want to get to that now, but <laughs> tell me this, like for, uh, your life, does it come mm -hmm. like when I'm hearing all this music from you, does it come from you? Like, are you bringing it from things you've experienced or things you've heard about or making it up or what your music? Uh, it's kind of a mixture of both. I wouldn't say uh, none of it's really made up. I mean, whether it's a crazy story I've heard from somebody, I'm like, well, shit, that's inspiration to use that. And, you know, just my my daily life, like whether it's me just living my regular life or um when I was touring around the world, just seeing any and everything you can think of, like just a complete movie every day. So, yeah. 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 So yeah. growing up last question, I'm going to get, get to you next. Sorry, <laughs> Nick. I am just full of questions, but family, like, did you have a bunch of family around you growing up? Was it a small group? Did, did you have like, what was it like growing up? Yeah, it's crazy. I, I wasn't one of those kids that, you know, have I was sleeping on the floor. You know, people like to rap that all the time. Like I had, like I said, I had two good parents yeah. that raised me and, and, and taught me morals and things. And, I, and I'm always grateful for that. I grew up with my grandparents as well. Like I had definitely had a loving home. I mean, eventually toward, it was so crazy around that time. If my dad heard this, he would kill me for it. But whatever, it's the truth that happened. Um, Around that time, I was making that decision to go to college and everything, and whether I want to go to college or uh, do music. That's that was around the time that like my household had split because, you know, my pops did what he did. I don't want to put his business out there, but you know, yeah. he did what he did. And, like you know, uh, even to this day, that's extremely like traumatizing to me. I would say, yeah. like just having from having a, a complete foundation to it being completely broken. And that was another that, that was another reason around that time I was a, I was by myself a lot around those around that time I was making that decision. So mm -hmm. it's definitely a challenge for sure. That is a man, the, the trauma piece that I talk about all the time because mm -hmm. I work with people every day. 
who have been through tons of different trauma, some in childhood, some in adulthood, that when a trauma hits, and it doesn't have to be, a, it could be big, it could be small, but when a trauma hits, it's like your car going out of alignment. And, you know, you still are moving forward, but something is just veering off and and yeah. it's hard to catch your balance a lot of times. And so it's interesting. You made that decision. It's like, I'm going to commit to this. I'm going to go to this. But it was you finally being in control of something. So that's yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah, that was a lot in one time. Um, yeah. I do have to ask also, I'm a big sports fan. So when you said football, what <laughs> position did you play in football? I played wide receiver and safety. Oh, wow. Wide receiver and safety. It's crazy. I had scholarships to go to school to play wide receiver, but I feel like if I would have played safety more, because I was, I would say more my, my play style was like a downhill. I was a downhill safety. Like I used to like to come up and hit, play inside the box, like, like nickel back a little bit safety. So, yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm 6'2. People think I'm a little guy. Like I'm 6'2. Like I'm not little. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Pretty big safety. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So um, I did want to ask what, um, what can you tell people other than, I mean, you've told a lot already, but what can you tell people that about you that they might already know? Because a lot of people might only know you. They might not know. Yeah. Things that they might not know. They might not, they might not know because a lot of people might just know you from Juice World. So what can you tell them about, about you? Um, well, like you were just saying, it's the sports. I feel like a lot of people don't know that. Like, I'm literally like a sports yeah. fanatic. Like, awesome. I live, like, <laughs> if it's not music, it's sports. Like, I love those equally. It's crazy. Well, and like, a dad, a like, just to hear, you seem yeah, so chill, true. like, so laid back with just a dad and and being yeah. with your kids. Like, people don't even know that. I don't, that's so cool to hear. Yeah, I really, I really, I've I, I posted a few pictures of my son, but I've decided, like, I don't really want my kids all over the internet because it's, I don't know, it's it's getting, I, I feel like we like in a weird state right now when no it comes kidding. to social media. So, like, I just kind of keep that away. And eventually, you know, I mean, it's only so long I'm going to be able to keep him away from my phone. Like, my oldest son is five years old, and I had him the year, well, yeah, the year I got signed. So I had him the year I got signed. So yeah, my life was it, it was a lot going on for sure. Took off, took off really fast. <laughs> and yeah, it's dude. it's like people don't get to see who you are. They see what you've done. And so mm-hmm. all of a sudden and social media now, I think it like I started doing my job as a therapist 28 years ago. It's almost 30 years ago in the 90s before really internet was out and everything. And social media has changed people because all of a sudden now your image is what's on the screen. And you can't, like you said, with your children, like I, at least for a while with Nick, he's 21. I had some time where he wasn't, you know, until he was middle school, it really wasn't social media stuff. But nowadays children are growing up from babies with social media and technology and they see everything. Like you said, it's hard to keep them from it. Yeah, my son is like extremely advanced. Now it's to the point where I don't even try to like I can't necessarily shield him from everything. It's like I tell him everything. He, if he if he asks me, I'm telling him. Like I, I don't I don't lie to him. I don't yeah. I don't feel like that's fair. And I would rather him find out from me and find out from the rest of the world. Like imagine me telling him a lie in the house and he goes outside and found out and he's like, Well, my dad, like I'd rather yeah. keep that trust between us to where like if he comes to me and asks me if he yeah. feel like he's ready to know, you know, I'll let him know definitely. Well, it's kind of like you said from you growing up and then seeing whatever's happened in your family and with your dad that the kind of dad you want to be with your son, the kind of father you want to be. I always say as a dad, I need to try to be 
the person I want them to be able yeah. to become, not just to tell them who to be, but to be that person. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's hard to do. Cause I also wonder, do you sing to your children? Like, and when you do, what do you sing? Like, is it, will you rap to them? Will you sing <laughs> other songs? What? Well, it's, it's funny. Um, I actually got to send you guys this video too. Um, I posted it on Twitter. I was singing, this was not this past Christmas, but the Christmas before I was singing uh, Rudolph to my son. <laughs> and people people was listening, cause I, I was singing like the older version. And first off, people was like, what the hell? I thought that was an audio plan. That was you singing? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, cause I got, I got like a little voice on me when it comes to singing and he loved it, you know? And I record in front of both of them. So like my son right now, he's musically inclined. Like he can, he can get on a beat, he know how to hold a note. He can so keep hard. a melody like it's and I don't necessarily tell him. I just literally watch him do it. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's insane. It's insane. Definitely. Like, I feel like he's going to be better than me for sure. I really believe that is um, part of that's genetic. And I believe part of that's because you might say you don't really teach much, but just who you are and what you do, I think, steeps down mm -hmm. to them. And yeah. just because I'm a therapist and a mental health, like I listen and I have compassion that Nick picks up a lot of that from people too. And I think he must grab who you are. And in that way, because children soak in so much better and quicker than we ever do, they learn very quickly. And so he's able to, to have all of what you've done, like yeah. from scratch and just take yeah. that and run with it. That's really cool. Love that. All right. I think it's time to, I want to hear about um, Juice World and Hyde. So that's my favorite song, by the way. Yeah. When I was listening to it on the reaction, that was my favorite. And your part was crazy good, but I'm not going to get into yeah. mine. So yeah, go ahead. I just want to ask, what was it like making that song and working with Juice World? Um, so. Season, how'd you get the call? I mean, how, oh, yeah. how did you get let's back up? Yeah, was that an email? Was yeah, I'm about to say, do y'all want to know where it started? Or yes, like, how yeah. did I direct it? So, um, I was doing a show in my city, um, and like I said, this is when I first became season, so I put out like maybe seven records on SoundCloud. I was still trying to figure out who I was, just throwing out records. I was dropping a record every Friday. I'm like, I'm gonna figure it out eventually. And then I was working at a, a mattress factory, uh, yeah, selling mattresses at Macy's at Look Call Center. So that's what I was doing. I was working, dropping music, and that's that's all I was really doing for real. And um, eventually, somebody had called me that I, I used to know from just childhood. Uh, they they became a party promoter and like a show promoter, and they was like, "Yo, I'm having ski mask come to town. Like, do you want to open up?" I said, "Hell yeah!" Like what? <laughs> So she ended up putting me on the show and she booked me. This was back in May. She booked me in October to do the show. So, you know, it was a lot of time in between that. Yeah. So eventually the show came up. Uh, I was there with my team. We ended up coming late to the show. It was crazy. We came late to the show. So um, we ended up having, instead of having a, a 15 minute set, I only had eight minutes to perform. Mm. So we ended up getting on stage and uh crazy intro had everybody put their lights out there's still footage of it online too if you look it up ski mask oh i gotta season. see that so, and i came out and just me and my dj just ran through like four songs in a matter of eight minutes wow. we just went crazy <laughs> had the crowd going crazy i was mosh pit and jumping in the crowd i was basically making the making the most of the moment i had up yeah, on stage. Yeah. so we rocked the bitch and then we end up 
um after the show you know i'm sweating getting off stage i'm like oh, that was a cool eight minutes i guess <laughs> like hopefully we got the footage to post and then i uh went backstage and then i got approached by pete his name peter he approached me and he was like yo who are you like i'm like oh you're my name season he's like you from the scene i'm like yeah you sign anybody nah. he was like yo i want to get your contact info info you went crazy whatever so um i i end up hitting him texting like i had a studio across the street ironically our studio was across the street from the venue um and told him to come over there but he just didn't respond to me and i'm like well i guess he didn't fuck me. like whatever i don't know yeah i don't know i thought it was just nothing yeah. and then highly end up getting this information highly that's on in here right now he got his information and <laughs> highly just stayed for with him like he didn't like even if he wasn't responding at first highly just kept sending him different music and um Eventually, I guess highly end up sending him the record that I just released. It's crazy, but that's the re- record why they signed me was uh, Hard Eyes. Highly sent them that, and wow. then I get a DM from G Money, and he's like, "Yo, I'm trying to make you a millionaire overnight." And I and highly called me because <laughs> highly's logging to my Instagram too, still to this day. So he checks out my DMs like stuff that I miss, and you know, and he called me. He was like. Get on your fucking phone. I'm at work too. <laughs> Get on your phone, fucking Juice World manager in your DM. I said, fuck out of here. So I hung up. I get in there. I'm looking. It is him. I'm going to his page. They had just did, I think it was, it was like the American Music Awards. So I'm seeing all the red carpet stuff with Juice World. I'm like, yo, this shit, what the fuck? So I DM me back, like, let's do it. And he was like, um, you trying to you trying to fuck with me? I'm like, yeah, definitely. He was like, uh, I, I'm trying to get you out here. He was like, um, I need to get need you need to get you a passport because I guess they was about to go to Japan. And this was around the time they was working on the um the uh project with future, mm-hmm. the world on drugs project project. So um and Juice had some stuff to do. He had like a whole little tour run to do out there in uh Japan. He's like, I want you to come out there with me. I said, Holy shit. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. Um and I'm still not even believing this shit. And then I like I'm still, me and Highly just trying to figure out. Then all of a sudden I get a call from a Chicago number, and I pick up his Juice World on the phone. Oh my god! He like, <laughs> yeah, he like, yo, what's going on, gang? I said, bro, hell no, nah, this is crazy. <laughs> and what's so crazy is initially when Juice came out, his sound was so odd to me, I, I couldn't really catch it. Like, so I wouldn't, nev- I wouldn't necessarily say I was like the biggest fan of him when he came out. Uh, Highly was really like a big Juice World fan, uh-huh. and he kept trying to tell me about him. Like, yo, you got to check this kid out. Like, he crazy, and I'm like, I mean, I will eventually. But then eventually, I end up seeing. I, I think it was a Tim Westwood freestyle. I might be wrong, but it was one. You know, he got so many. Yeah. So I seen the hour long freestyle, and I'm like, yo, this guy is crazy. What the hell? Mm. So I gained all my respect after I seen that, and um. I just tweeted, I tweeted, this This is crazy too, before I was even signed, even talked to him, I tweeted out like, season X Juice World one day, and I still got the tweet, and then it's crazy how that all panned out, that's why I feel like Twitter is like some type of like, oh, <laughs> Twitter wow. has something, that Twitter is like cryptic, I'm not gonna lie, like in the world, it's crazy. But Was, uh, was that like the first time you had like been out in that like arena, like it had to be just wild, like your record, I'm like, I don't know. What was it like? Well, yeah, like I said, he FaceTimed me and then he was like, yeah, I fuck with your music. Like, we've been bumping your music the whole time. Like, <laughs> we, we we want you. Like, it was this other record I got I still haven't, haven't released called Life Goes that they love too. 
And he was like, yo, we want you. And then G-Money was like, yeah, I'm serious. Like, what's up? So Terrence, I ended up calling the guy that I was signed to from my city. And he was like, the guy that I told you that met with my parents, because I was still up under him. And he was like, yeah. man, I, he was like, just go ahead, man. I believe in you. He's like, let me know whatever you need. Like, I got wow. He put, he gave me like $2,000 in my pocket. You know what I mean? Get, let me go shop and get some clothes so I can get fresh and everything. Um, Flew me to Chicago to get my passport because that's, you can get same days in Chicago. He just mm-hmm. took care of me. He was like, go get it. Like, I believe wow. you. Like, go ahead. So it's, it's good to have somebody on your team like that for sure. Yeah. How does a song like Hyde get written? Like, do y'all do separate well, yeah. parts? Does somebody do? I... So what's crazy, after all that happened, you know, after all that, flew out to Japan, boom, 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 whatever. I end up just got used to being around them. So, you know what I mean? It's like, okay, now I'm here. You know what I'm saying? So I was in the car with his cousin, uh, Sean Beasy, and he was playing this record. This was before it was even had. It was just Juice World, and then it was Kodak Black on it. He was like, yo, he got the song with Kodak. I was like, yo, this hard. So I didn't think nothing of it. And then, like, two weeks later, G-Money was like, yo, you want to hop on this record? Uh possibly for the Spider-Man movie. Like, we need something for the Spider-Man movie and try to get you on this record. Hmm. And I said, hell yeah. And then I, they played the record. And I'm like, damn, ain't Kodak on this? They was like, nah, we're going to take him off and put you on. And I said, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, this shit was wow. just crazy to me. So, uh, you know, I, I, me and Max Lord was just going through the uh, verse together and just laid it down. And I, I always tell the story. I, that's why I got a love-hate relationship with Hyde, but I love it because it changed my life. Mm-hmm. But, I initially did the tape, and um, after I did the tape, I'm like, it was like four in the morning. I had recorded like two songs before that one, so like my, I, I needed like a little break. And like I said, it was late. And once you once it gets super late at night, your voice started to crack a little bit. Mm. So I was like, all right, let's just keep that rough take in the morning. I'm gonna come back and we gonna, um, I'm gonna do a cleaner take, like a per a perfected one. Mm-hmm. So boom, the night happened. Then boom, I get a knock at my door in the morning. G Money was like, yo, the label said they fucking with the record. They want to use it. They was asking who you is. First off, I'm happy, but I'm like, wait, y'all sent it already? <laughs> he was like, yeah, we sent it. I was like, ah, oh. like just a, like, I, I was like happy, but I'm like, no, but uh. yes, but no, like this not the take I wanted. Like, I just feel like it was so rough because I was just piecing it together, just doing things. And they was like, yo, they said they like, and they asked about you, like they want, they interested in working with you more. And I was like, I mean, sh- I guess, like I was shaking my head and excited the whole day. Cause I'm like, this is not my best foot forward, but oh, it got accepted. Like it's kind of, it's, it's bittersweet for sure. But yeah, yeah. And then, you know, the rest is history from that. So wait a minute. So crazy. You, you meet Juice World, he FaceTimes you, you go out to Japan. Hadn't yeah. met him in person before this point and then just meet him? Yeah. And, and you're in the middle of Japan. Like what? So what did you do there? It was too much. It was it was just too much. I'm like, if this is not a fucking movie scene, I don't know I what know. it is. Like, <laughs> I couldn't even believe it. I was in such a... Like, you know how right now we're all in our regular state of mind, just everyday state of mind. Like, at that point, I was literally... Like I describe it to people, it's like you're literally floating through life. It's like yeah. an out of body experience the whole time. I'm like, this shit is not real. Like, 
Yeah, you I'm talk about a natural high. You, you talk Please. about the the adrenaline of a natural high. It's like sports, right? When you're in the in the yeah. zone in a game, and it's like you're just playing above every level, and you're just loving every minute of it. You were in the middle of like it had to be like feel like overnight. Just feel like all of a sudden you're you're in yeah. Japan. Yeah, this is stuff you always hear about from other people, and like the fact that it happened to you. I'm like, ah, oh, this is really it but it, it was crazy it's like i was still calm in a sense like i i, did, I had anxiety of course not deal with anxiety whatever but i was calm because like well this is what you're supposed to be doing this is what everybody uh-huh. said you're supposed to be doing this is the reason you didn't go play college football like everything's working out exactly how huh. it's supposed to work out no kidding crazy. you know my wife season always says one of her famous lines is oh. life is a series of choices over time boys it's not one main thing. It's a series of choices that you make. And you even dis- you just said it the way your life played out. A choice to go here, a choice to do that, a choice to be here. Like it all leads to the point that you're at. And you made so many right choices and really just trusting yourself, I think, believing in your man, this is what I want people to hear. You've got to have some belief in yourself and your ability, no matter what it is. Doesn't matter if you work in this job or this job or have no money or a bunch of money. You've got to believe that you have capability. That's why, to me, mental health matters, because it, sometimes as a therapist, I am kind of that belief system for a client. Like, they don't believe in themselves, and I can help encourage that. But you just somehow, you just took it and ran with it. That's impressive. Yeah, that li- I like that line of life, is uh, that line that you said about choices. That's definitely it. Because when you said that, I started thinking about, like, all the 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 bad stuff that I had to go through and the the nose and the disappointments I had to go through to even get to that point. It's yeah. a lot. Yeah. A lot. Um so we've listened to some of your other music as well. And I've I mean when you listen to Hyde and you listen to some of your newer stuff, it's like this is not the same person at all. Like yeah. Hyde is so <laughs> different. Now, and, Hyde is yeah. like a commercial mainstream, but your voice is beautiful. I yeah. loved your singing voice in Hyde to me. But I just wanted to ask you, like, about that kind of like your different styles of music and how different Hyde is. How you said Hyde is different from others. Yeah, it's his. Uh, what'd you call it? Your um, you have a love hate relationship yeah. with it. Yeah, I, I like to compare it to. Um, I guess you would say, I was talking to my boys the other day because we were saying like how how not even PG at this point. Hyde is so G rated. <laughs> Like it's just because it's for a movie, of course. You know what yeah. I mean? So and it's for it, it was obviously for like I won't even necessarily say just a kids movie. It's like just Marvel fans, period. Yeah. Like it was in that in that world. It's crazy to even think about. Um, you know, I, it was a, it was I had to do so many different takes because I I couldn't cuss or say like certain <laughs> things in my music and everything. Like because yeah. a lot of my music now is pretty like vulgar and just I don't hold back on anything I say in my in my music now. But like at that point. Oh shit! I just hit myself in the face forever, man. <laughs> but at at that point, um, at that point, I'm like, well, shit. I guess I gotta just dumb it down. So, like I said, it's love hate with it because my introduction to the world was that. But you know, um, shit. The song was the second most streamed song right behind Sunflower. So I can't hate it that much. Yeah. It changed my life, you know. So well, and it really yeah. shows your diversity, like ability to do kind of whatever, you know. Yeah, even like your favorite artists now, like I even I even look and think back now, like um, 
let's say like a Kendrick or the weekend or somebody like they really talk, you know, vulgar and honest in their music. But like when they got to go do something for Black Panther or I think the weekend just did something for Avatars, you got to you got to kind of dumb it down a little bit mm-hmm. so the masses can take it in because mm-hmm. the masses are not ready to be talking about, you know, <laughs> yeah, they're going to be judging you. you know, Let you me ask be a you. Real fan of somebody. I want to know, like, you have seen so much, especially being close to Juice World and close to the industry, period. Uh, all of the people around you that have passed away, like, you've seen, you know, when I said that life's a series of choices over time, you've mm-hmm. seen people make different choices at different points. Sometimes it's super beneficial to your life, like what you've talked about in your life. And other people that make choices that lead down just seems like they keep making the choice. When I watched the little peep documentary, that's what I thought. Poor guy. I mean, he seems like such an innocent young man at, at doing what he's done and cast into this limelight. But but continuing to make choices or be around people that would bring you down. Like, do you what is it like in an industry where you're watching people fall away, I think, so often or go down different paths? Well, I'm gonna just I'm like, I guess with that, I'm gonna speak on the Juice World situation a little more, uh, because that's something I literally got to see firsthand. Yeah. Uh, not to reveal too much, but mm-hmm. at least what I can talk about, like, um, I mean, for the most part, I mean, initially when I had got around just the industry period, and I seen, you know, it was a lot of drug use and stuff like that. But you know, from the outside looking in, I'm like, well, shit, this is what they do. You know what I mean? So I wouldn't. I'm like myself. I always told myself I don't smoke weed. Like I, my my mental can't handle weed. Like I, I kind of tweak out when I smoke weed. So like if I don't smoke weed, I'm not doing nothing else. That's what I told myself, and that's like the lightest drug you can possibly do. So uh, when I got around everybody, and then you know everybody's you know whether it's pills, uh, lean, weed, of course, drinks. I was like my choice of um, my choice of anything was just liquor. Like that's the only thing I did because I, I feel like I'm still in my right state when I'm doing that. Mm-hmm. But like how you said, um. I guess when it come to when it come to juice with all that shit, um, I mean he of course he you know what I mean he did drugs just like everybody else did him in the industry like but I know he eventually told me this is what he told me on the tour bus he said that like yo I really want to get off this shit like mm. I'm serious about it. we this is when we were on the death race uh for love tour mm. and he was just we were kind of like at the last leg of the tour he was telling me like yo once I get off tour I'm gonna get me a um. I'm gonna get me a what do you call those people? Like a rehab, like a rehab person, a, I guess. Yeah, rehab say. interventionist. Yeah, a rehabber. But he said he wasn't gonna go to rehab. He was gonna pay them to come oh, okay. be with him. You know, yeah. what I mean, through all the withdrawals and stuff like that. So I'm gonna do it at home. Yeah, I'm gonna just get fucking clean. Like you know, what I mean, I'm gonna just smoke weed or whatever. I'm gonna just do regular shit, but I'm gonna get off the hard shit. Yeah, and I was like, man, I think you should. But I was so, I was so new to the situation, and people always be like. But why didn't you try to step in? Why didn't you do more and do this and do that? I'm like, yo, I just got here. Like, I can't be the person in the room, like the party pooper in the room that's like, you guys are doing wrong. Everybody yeah. know they like, you know what <laughs> I mean? Like, I can't, I'm so new yeah. to this. And it yeah. wasn't necessarily like I wasn't being a yes, but I definitely was asking, like, well, how did that make you feel? Like, why do you do this? I was being real light with doing this yeah. shit. You know what I mean? Cause you don't want to come in too strong because that'll turn the person off. Yeah. And then I'm trying to think about my, I'm thinking about my family at home, shit that could change my life. So I'm trying to be strategic with how I deal with people. Yeah. And, you know, being myself, like I'm not about to be I'm not about to myself. I stay out of people's business. But I mean, like 
if I call somebody my friend, I'm definitely going to step in and say something. And me and yeah. Juice were were just starting our relationship, so. But yeah. you know, just 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 watching him do that shit, I can tell like he ain't he didn't he wasn't. Of course, like when it's time to party, it's time to party. But like for the most part, when you when you when you doing the drugs just to do them, that's when it's, I feel like it's really bad because it's like now you need them, but you ain't you ain't doing it just for leisure. Yeah. It's just for like out of out of addiction, you know. That's yeah. interesting you say that because that is exactly what addiction does. You know, it pushes everybody far enough out of your life so they don't have influence, and it only has room for itself in your life. So when addiction's there. There is no turning back. It will force you away from everybody and everything. Because if people are in your life that care about you and you listen to them, the addiction has to go away. Addiction never wants to leave. And so we always say, you know, when you're in a 12-step meeting or you're in rehab trying to get better, your addiction is out in the parking lot doing push-ups. It's getting stronger and stronger because it it fights so hard. Damn, and you, that's, you, it, yeah, it that's really is. Analogy. It's a serious deal. When I see people every day, it's like, you don't understand once you have an active addiction, it is stronger than you. It actually controls you now. And so you can't just make a, an obvious choice of like, well, why don't you just stop? And by the way, you are a friend to him. And he even told you in those words, I know I need to stop doing this. So it wasn't like he needed an epiphany. He had that support. It was just that things move so fast, almost like you talk about going to Japan. I think his life was going so fast, he couldn't stop long enough or somebody wouldn't stop for him long enough to just say, enough, you know, we're going to go get some help because addiction's too strong. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's, the way you just broke that down was crazy. And that's definitely the case. I wish people could yeah. hear that because your story about him, like when I watched the documentary on him, I think... You know, this poor guy, like he knew a lot more than people thought he knew. And he wasn't just yeah. this wild and crazy guy. In fact, he was seemed pretty innocent and compassionate, honestly, and caring. But he he seemed like he just it was going too fast for him to keep up with. And so it's like the tide in an ocean where you're getting carried out and you know how to swim, but you can't. It, it's pulling you in. And the harder you fight against it, the harder it's it's going to pull you. And he just couldn't get off the roller coaster. I mean, I just imagine, like, even just today going through your life, we already figure, like, we almost at the end of January, like, just living regular life, it's already fast itself. So you're living a fast-paced life <laughs> at a rate when life is already fast itself. It's 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 just ridiculous. You hopping on the flight, you taking to the hotel, you got a show here, you got a studio session here, you got an interview here, you got this, 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 and this, this, and this, and this. Like, you probably didn't did so much drugs throughout that time and you ain't even keeping track of the day you're not even probably realizing like unless somebody really come up to you and say something to you but oh, that's exactly right so you yeah. take you know the medication piece you take something to get up for a show you take something to go to sleep you take something to relieve anxiety you take there are just yeah. so many different things that your body your chemistry can't keep up with it and so you know once you are in addiction the only way to get out of that is to completely withdraw from all of it when you went from this is juice world and you go to japan and it's kind of like getting acclimated to the, all the the lifestyle when did you then just settle into it's just us like he's just he's just a friend like it when did that change what's so crazy was the first day that we met each other um i was in a hotel with with g money and he FaceTime uh, Juice World, and he was like, yo, come to the room. Somebody here. Like, he didn't even tell him I was there. He was like, yo, somebody here. 
So I come in the room. He like, oh shit, and I was like, what's up? Like, <laughs> I first off, this is all surreal to me, anyways. I'm like, yo, what's up? He was like, man, I'm happy to have you here. Like, we about to be lit. Like, you about to be a star. Like, so, um, <laughs> and uh, like we were in the room talking for a second. He ended up taking me to his room, and that's the first time I had met Ali too. And that was the first time they was around each other initially. Mm. I know her name is like extremely frowned upon in the community right mm. now, but I ain't here to talk shit on her, but. Yeah. Uh, that's the first time I met both of them, and then we walked in the room, and shit, he um, he was just getting dressed and everything, and he was like, "Yo, here go the speaker, like play some music." So I start playing some unreleased records and everything, and then they end up having a show later that day. He was like, "All right, shit, I'm about to get dressed, just come back to the room or whatever." I end up checking my room, so this one I really knew. He he walked up to me on the on the. L- like when we when we when we came back after he got dressed and everything, he was like, "Yo, so tell me, I got I got to tell you about something." I'm like, "This <laughs> this the type of if anybody knew just where this hat is, because he made everybody just feel like he known you for years. Like he wasn't no he made he loved everybody and everybody loved him. It was just the wow. energy was just it was great from him all the time. And uh, he was like, "Yo, man, I, he's like." So tell me, have you ever felt like this? He was like, yo, you deal with anxiety? I said, like a motherfucker. Like, hell yeah. <laughs> and he's like, bro, all right, so you understand what I'm saying. Um, so like lately I've been feeling like I've been I've been living through life, but I don't feel like it's real. Like, it's like it's like I'm in a constant dream state. So this is what's crazy, right? So like not a lot of it's it became more popular nowadays, I guess, like just when more research has has been coming out about it, but to go back to that conversation, I have been dealing with some shit called depersonalization, derealization. Mm-hmm. And this came from me smoking weed. So, so crazy. I started getting too high. And then one day I had woke up and like nothing felt real. Like everything felt like just, it didn't feel real. I was touching, I was touching my skin, touching everything. I'm like, yo, what's going on? I'm like, something's not right. I'm still, I'm like regular, but I'm not here. I'm like, yo, this don't feel real. Like I was going outside trying to breathe in air and touch the fence, touch leaves and shit like that. And my, you know, everybody gonna look at you and be like, oh, you still high. Like, relax, you're high. I'm like, no, y'all, I'm not high no more. Like I'm here. But it's like my brain had like snapped in a weird way. I was going, even to this day, I still kind of deal with it. And anybody with depersonalization, derealization, exactly what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, So he said that to me. And then when he said it to me, I'm like, there's no fucking way. Because I've never talked to nobody about this that understood this. Mm-hmm. So when he said it to me, I was like, you talking about depersonalization? And he was like, what's that? And then I explained it to him what it yeah. was. And then we both had, you know, started. I started explaining my sentence to him and everything. He was like, yeah. yes, bro, this is exactly how I've been mm-hmm. feeling. Like, he, he was like, what the fuck? He's like, y'all been dealing with this shit like the last three months, bro. I couldn't, nobody, I tried to talk to people. So like once once we had that convo and we both seen eye to eye related, wow. I'm talking about bro, we became like this, like that's crazy, inseparable, wow. bro. So yeah, later that night we ended up going to a club and shit. It was just, it was a movie scene, bro. We had like uh, it was like Japanese people. They were they were bringing us like uh bottles and it was just. I'm like, yo, what the fuck is going on? Like this is crazy. <laughs> It was just crazy, bro. It was crazy. Dang. All right. It's so... too much to even explain and comprehend, bro. It's too much. It's too much. <laughs> no. 
All right, before we go, I want to no, ask. No, we got to ask about his music. No, that's what I was doing. Okay. Was, I wanted to ask about your current music and anything coming up. So if you want to add anything. Well, with it. Gray, like tell us a little bit about Gray because I have some questions on that one. Well, Gray is um, it's just a project that I feel like is just an introduction to the sound of music that I want to start making, which is the music that I really enjoy uh, making. And the whole project itself, Gray, like, you know, around fall, like how the weather changes and just outside and just seasonal depression and stuff yeah. like that, you know, the feeling of just grayness. And it's like, in a weird way, I kind of embrace it because like, at this point, this is my life now. So it's like, the se when seasonal depression hit, I'm like, well, this is the mode I'm about to be in. So I'm like, you know what, let, let me release a project to where I can really, maybe not every lyric in the project I'm saying is describing great, but just the feeling and the mood of the music when you listen to the whole project is real fall type weather mm. you know what i mean fall winter weather type of music and i've always wanted to do that you know because summertime you know you can have a certain vibe but winter i feel like i've never dropped that type of project real dark real gloomy real moody and yeah. the intro to gray really describes everything like every lyric that i'm saying in there is really like giving you in depth Mm -hmm. analysis on what i'm what i mean when i'm when i'm when i'm saying like you know the feeling of being great constantly and what's the comparison of like do you sit down and just write lyrics first and put music to it do you find music first and then like how do you create well um usually as soon as i hear the beat i just start recording like i don't i don't like to have like no theme or nothing when i go make a song i just like to hear it i'm like mm -hmm. okay this is where is this taking me or the first thing that come out of my mouth I just continue to go from there and just build a theme for it as the, as the song builds itself. Like the song pretty much is creating itself. I just open my mouth and it just starts creating itself like the whole way through. Yeah. When I hear like, you know, if I had a dollar for every mistake, what could I buy? Like what a life story. Like if people just ask themselves, like if I had a dollar for every mistake I made, because so often we think of our negatives, we think of the, the stuff that's happened that's gone wrong and you could easily do that with all the story you told us today but then you have all these amazing experiences that are like but if i didn't have any of those amazing ones what would your life be like but if i had a dollar for every mistake the good hands would like all state i love that one in there too yeah and then um he mentioned michael jordan in there too uh with fadeaways yeah. i think but the i just wondered how you created if you just sat down and it you know you must have a brain that just naturally thinks of how mat how everything matches because that just fascinates my old brain. <laughs> yeah, just I mean, for the most part, you know, when I'm recording, it's just um I like to do line for line. You know what I mean? Or sometimes I go and do four bars straight, you know, come back and kind of perfect it, tweak it a little bit. But I like to do line for line when I'm recording. Um, I feel like because you're giving that. It's nothing like that initial feeling and initial thought. Cause when you, I feel like when you overthink a record, it people can feel that. Mm -hmm. But like when people feel like you know that when you hear a record and it just comes on and it's everything is just like something about this yeah. record is like yeah. infatuating. Like it's because the artist at that time was just giving. I, at least I feel like yeah. that way. That artist at that time, speaking on myself. Shit, I'm giving you my initial feeling, so I want mm -hmm. you to feel that initial feeling when you hear. That's it. pretty cool. Yeah 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 that's like our reactions you know they they watch because it's the very first time i'm hearing any song and yeah. and that somehow that captures people they want to see what you see on the very first time wow mm -hmm. 
What about the other? Any others? Man, you had few ways. Okay, I just wrote these down season because they captured me when I listened to the music. Because in few ways, which I love the beat in that that song, by the way. But when it says "follow your heart and not your eyes," whatever that means, I wanted to ask you about that and what you think yeah. about that because you know men are visually driven. <laughs> And so is it the attraction of whether it's a woman or money or fame or uh, whatever? Is it kind of like the story you mentioned of your life or is it something specifically different? Uh, yeah, for the most part, that, that song in particular was just me um, pretty much describing to a girl, like, use your heart and not your eyes. Like, pretty much go right. go with your heart in the situation. You know what I mean? Because some people, some people are just like, I, I see it happening, but I don't know if it's true. I'm like, what is your heart telling you? Like, is it? Is, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, it, that's that song in particular. I wouldn't necessarily be in the good guy on that record as well. Like, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> <laughs> and I and I'm I'm happy you like that beat, so I produced that beat as well. That was really that good. And yeah. same same with when he said the seasons change, but yeah. uh, I'm gonna say the same. That was pretty cool. But I also yeah. liked. Uh, when it, in downside to love, when you said they teach you this, this was probably my favorite line over overall every the entire thing. They teach you how to love, but not to move on. Like when yeah. I heard that, I thought, oh my gosh! Like you grow up in life, you learn how to love and you learn about relationship, but they you do not learn about the breakup or the letdown or the recovery. That, hey, that's like the juice world thing, right? And all, everything that happened, they you yeah. had all this buildup, but they don't teach you how to like recover from this tragedy yeah. in your life that oh wow you know to even to even i'm thinking about it too i mean maybe most people you expect them to teach it, but maybe they've never been taught how to move on so how can you see somebody something that you've never been taught so exactly I, like just, I don't know i feel like it's a lot of hurting people in the world period and yep. i don't know and i feel like even to this day it's hurt people trying to teach other people not how to be hurt. Exactly <laughs> so right. Like, you are exactly it's a, right. It's a, it's a constant. It's a constant crazy uh, motion and constant, and, constant crazy cycle. And my last piece, uh, which I really want to hear about, is when in in Jesus' hands, how you made the comment of Grandma wouldn't like these lines. <laughs> Tell me about that relationship, like because that that yeah. hits home. Yeah. So the record itself is called Jesus Hands, but it's no, it, it has nothing to do with Jesus Hands. So it's just like, I feel like when people have heard it, I heard, heard the title, they're like, yo, what the fuck is he actually talking about? Like, you got some Christian crazy. music. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, <laughs> but let me explain. So pretty much, um, yeah, my grandma would definitely not have liked that line at all because she... R.I.P. to my grandma, but she was definitely like heavy in the church, and I grew up heavy in the church. So her hearing that, like Jesus hands, boy, Kelvin, what the hell are you <laughs> talking about? <laughs> so that literally came to my mind. Like once I said it, I'm like, my grandma would not like that line. You know what? No, my grandma won't like that line. So I just said it, <laughs> like literally. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. You have been so much fun, season. We really appreciate you. Like being like just to take this much time to share yeah. that much of your life. I feel like I know so much more about you now. Yeah. And it was really cool to hear all of that. That was really nice, especially for the people listening. No, definitely. And I appreciate you guys asking those questions to make me, you know, dig deeper. I always appreciate great interviews instead of just getting asked the uh, typical stuff all the time. So 
I appreciate well, you guys and love you guys for what you uh, guys do and just your platform, period. Like, it's great. It's great, definitely. What a treat. Like, that, that blew me away. That was more than I ever expected. Yeah. There's more than I, I expected, too. It's like I didn't want it to stop. I say that a lot, but this time I really didn't because he kept giving more insight into who he was than yeah. I ever imagined. Yeah, he season is one of the first ones who has gone super in depth um, into his life and to the people that he's he's been around. Yeah. And I thought it was really cool. I mean, we've had some great artists that we've interviewed, but season has really he went in depth and he even said it after we stopped recording that he was happy that we really touched on areas that went deeper into his life. So I thought that was really I think I, I'm just blown away. Such a kind and and humble and a dad. Like I just dad, love yeah. talking to him about being a dad. And yeah, that was part here in the podcast. You did I just ask him about it. Just love that. Yeah, thank was, you, season. Like I really appreciate you taking the time because that's not easy. It's very hard to coordinate with schedules and things hard, happening, yeah. but we did it. And he was very gracious and very kind and gave us lots of great insight into mental health, life, and his music. Yeah. Also, he made a joke that he was on one side of the screen the whole time because he was just so into it that he was not yeah, even realizing. Yeah, like, he was just so like writing. Interview. That was a lot <laughs> of fun. Anyway, that hope was y'all enjoyed fun. it half as much as we did. I know we'll have to talk to him again too, especially when more music comes out. Obviously, Gray, his new um, album is out now for y'all to see. Yes. Um. So make sure go y'all go Pretty check cool. out his music, and we'll definitely gonna try to meet him in person one day. Oh, I would love sick, that. So. I cannot wait. Yeah. Okay. Well, like I said at the beginning, please go over if you want to see the extra clip that comes out just in a couple of days from now. Um, make sure to go subscribe to Patreon or become a YouTube member just at the bottom level to see this. Um, there's some cool things in that extra episode, by the way, that y'all didn't even see. So I really appreciate y'all for being here. Please like this video. Leave a comment. It all helps. Share it with somebody. It really, yep. really, really does help, especially sharing it to other people who might be able to subscribe also and help spread these interviews mm -hmm. all over the place because yep. people need to hear from season. Yep. All right, guys, thank you so much. We will see you on the next, next Reaction, Reaction Therapy, Therapy Podcast. Podcast.